Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Texas went two and one in the non-conference schedule with wins against ULM and UTSA and a loss to the number one team in the country at the time, Alabama. And most Texas fans, people that cover Texas, expected them to go two and one in the non-conference schedule. But we have to talk about what we learned in those three games as Texas gets into their conference schedule this Saturday against Texas Tech. And I brought the perfect person on the show today to talk about what we've learned in non-conference play from your Texas Longhorns, and that's George Corky. And so, George, I'm going to go ahead and let you pop it off. What is one thing you've learned thus far in the non-conference schedule from your favorite football team, the Texas Longhorns? Man, I think it's kind of hard. Um, you know, and I know you tweeted, I think a couple people, you know, said this, but to watch the uh, what I would call mental uh, mental growth of the team, um, from what we've seen, honestly, going back a decade, um, you know, you look at, uh, this past week, you get down 17 to seven to a team that you were probably more talented than they fight back. They win the game 34 to three, uh, after they were down, um, you know, you can go back to ULM Quinn throws a pick early. We come back Bama, obviously Quinn goes down. Like there've been instances you can look at for each game that can show you that like, Hey, you're going to get punched in the mouth every once in a while in a football game. It's going to happen. Uh, you might be a little low on the confidence side, but to be able to, you know, keep your head straight, head on the swivel, come back, fight back, um, and just show that they are as talented as, a, as we know they have been for quite a while and uh, compete at the level they have has been really impressive. Yeah. So uh, I tweeted earlier. That's what George was referring referring to. I tweeted earlier uh, asking everybody what they thought they had learned so far from this Texas team. And I got a lot of great responses. One I got from James Matthew Hill all the way from London. Uh, he said the way Texas took care of business in the second half against UTSA is my biggest takeaway. This game went exactly how UTSA wanted early. Texas had their backs against the wall, but the coaches and the players didn't panic and they stepped up when it mattered. I think that's a great point. I think the UTSA game was a lot closer than Texas fans wanted to admit. I know they blitzed them at the end and ended up winning by 21 points, but that's a game where if the UTSA player on the play where I think Deshaun Jameis had kind of took him out of bounds, if he catches that ball, it's a 24-24 game at the end of the third quarter. Right now he doesn't, and then they outscore them 17-3 to the rest of the game, and that's why the score looked the way it did. But UTSA hung in that game pretty much until the end of the third quarter. So Sark said that may have been a game we lost last year, you know, but it's a game they won this year and they showed resilience. You know, George talked about in the Alabama game, how you lose Quinn Ewers, he's playing so well, but yet they still only lose to Bama in a one-point game where Hudson Carr plays 75% of the game, you know, comes in on a messed up ankle and still almost beats the number one team in the country. And then I'll talk about it from more from an individual standpoint but the first game of the season, right? Quinn Ewers' first real action since 2020. His first two passes were horrible. And then he comes back after that and settles into the game, and they win 52 to 10. So this team has shown a ton of resilience thus far. Um, and I think that that's the type of resolve that a team has to have to get to conference championship games, college football playoffs, and then ultimately national championship games, which we know will be the standard and the goal for this Texas team moving forward. So I thought that's a great point. You talked about the mental toughness and the resolve of this team. And I really saw it at the UTSA game this past Saturday, hoping to see it a lot over the next nine games in conference play. Uh, one thing I want to talk about that I've learned from this team is the pass blocking has been better uh, than expected, but the run blocking has not been as great 
as we expected. And so sorry for my audio listeners, but if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to throw this overlay up on the screen. And what this is, is the PFF grades for the offensive line thus far. And if we look at the pass blocking, you can see that they've been outstanding. First of all, Christian Jones, shout out to him and Kyle Flood, the highest graded pass blocker on the team. He's been great. Uh, You see that dark green square right there with the 81.3 pass blocking grade. Cole Hudson, uh, true freshman, still getting adjusted. Uh, Hasn't been great, but he's been above average in pass blocking with a 60.1 grade. And then Jake Majors, Hayden Connor, and Kelvin Banks have all been outstanding with plus 70 grades. Kelvin Banks, a true freshman with a 76.4 pass blocking grade. So I know we talked a lot about coming into this season. Would this offense still be able to explosive with this offensive line? And would they have time for, for Quinn Ewers to get the ball uh, to his playmakers in, in Hudson Card? And the answer is yes. They've been great at pass blocking. But the run blocking has been suspect. And, and we thought that would be the strength of the team. We thought the team would have to run the ball to set up the pass. But it hasn't been that way. When you look at... Uh, once again, sorry for my audio listeners, but if you're looking at this on YouTube, look at the run blocking grades. Christian Jones is a 58.6. Cole Hudson is all the way down at 47.9. That's below average. Jake Majors is at 58.6. That's average. Hayden Connor is 42.8. That's below average. And then Kelvin Banks is at 58, which is average to below average as well. So we don't have a single starting offensive line member this year with a run blocking grade over the 60 mark. And so I think that that's been really surprising. If you take it a step further, so B. John Robinson is averaging 6.1 yards per carry this year. Roshan Johnson is averaging 6.2 yards per carry this year. However, if you take away each of their longest runs, B. John is only averaging 4.6 yards a carry. And Roshan Johnson is only averaging 4.9. And so the run game has not been great this year. And I think two long runs, 178 yards, and I think Roshan Johnson has a 32-yard run. Those are kind of making the stats look a lot better than they are. As I showed the PFF grades, this has not been a great run blocking team this year. And we haven't had a great running game to this point. And I think if Texas wants to get to the Big 12 championship game, as Sark has said multiple times, that run blocking has to match what they've been able to do in pass blocking they've been better than expected in pass blocking but they've been below average in run blocking and that's going to have to get better immediately if texas wants to end up in arlington in december so george run blocking hasn't been as great as the pass blocking that's something we've learned in the first three weeks give me something else or you could piggyback on that as well yeah no i think uh you know that might be uh you know twofold uh we've got a very young offensive line um first of all and i i would have to believe that the coaching staff wanted to put a, you know, just an exclamation point on making sure that the pass blocking improved over the offseason. Because last year we kind of saw the opposite, where we were great against the run, allowing a lot of pressure. Um, that had to be something they went into the offseason with saying, like, we're going to fix that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, human brain can only focus heavily on one thing at a time. Like some of these, you know, these guys may be like, I got to correct that or get good at that and we'll fix that. So I think over the course of the season, especially as these guys get more playing time, the younger players, um, you know, I think it's only fair to assume that they're going to get better because honestly, man, Kelvin Banks is a baller. Um, All these dudes have, have played Christian Jones. I mean, the, the, the turnovers night and day, man, like last year, Mm -hmm. people were talking about how, I mean, yeah, you're looking at it right there on the screen for the YouTube listener or YouTube watchers. Like, I mean, that's that's really solid offensive line play. Like, if you can get that, um, you know, from him especially, and then as the younger guys kind of come on and, you know, they 
continue to to uh, to join together as one unit. Like it's kind of hard not to envision them getting better at the run blocking portion, but the, the pass blocking has been fantastic. Yeah, uh, and I, I'll just say really quickly, um, I think at least in the first three weeks, we've seen that the loss to Junior Angelau has probably been bigger than the loss to Isaiah Nayor uh, thus far. Because like I said, not a single offensive lineman that starts has a run blocking grade over 60. And yeah. I'm comfortable in saying Junior Angelau would have a run blocking grade over 60. So, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with young players on the offensive line. Cole Hudson um, has shown flashes, but he hasn't been great overall. You know, I think that'll come. Uh, throughout the season and then Jake Majors and, and Hayden Conroe get better on the inside and I think uh, Kelvin Banks and uh, Christian Jones have been decent at, at run blocking but they have to get better so I, I definitely think it will get better but I was surprised especially against two lower level opponents um, that our run blocking has been below average thus far yeah no I totally yeah. agree um, so what's another takeaway you have or, or something you've learned in the first three weeks so something that I'm super impressed with is so you know week one we come out against ULM um you know, Quinn throws his first pass, probably should have been picked off. Uh, X-Man, you know, made a great play to break that up and then, you know, follows that up with an interception two plays later. Um, we haven't had a turnover since. Uh, we played Bama. <laughs> we didn't have a turnover last week uh, against UTSA. Um, that, that to me, has been one of the, you know, major takeaways thus far. Um, you know, avoiding turnovers – uh, you know, for for example, I mean, ULM forced Bryce Young into two interceptions uh, on Saturday. So the fact that we basically, I mean, what should have been a turnover, and then we did have a turnover on kind of like our first three plays of the season as an offense. And then, you know, to follow it up with two pretty, well, one full game and then, or one pretty much full game and then two full games of, of no turnovers, um, you know, that's, you, you look at any successful football program, you know, whether it's college, NFL, whatever, I mean, turnovers will kill you. Um, so that alone is going to keep them in games. Even if they come out a little shaky um, during conference play, I think their ability to kind of focus on, on not turning the ball over as they've shown uh, this season is, I mean, that's going to be huge. If they can keep that up, um, you know, that's, that's going to be a real, you know, difference maker for us. Yeah, that's definitely something I didn't know, but that's a great stat. You know, Texas hasn't turned the ball over well once all season and they haven't turned it over in what the last 11 and a half quarters. <laughs> right. So yeah. uh, that's definitely, uh, you know, great clean football uh, by them. And, and, you know, that's why they're two and one uh, in favors going into Texas Tech this week. So a quick word from LinkedIn. And I'm going to tell you uh, my next thing that I've learned uh, over the first three games. And that's that there is a huge difference between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carr. But first. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100 percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs, because LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash locked on college. That's LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So I said it before the break, but there is a huge and steep difference between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. And that's no disrespect to Hudson Card. You know, I love the grit that he showed and he went out there and got a tough win against UTSA and made it very interesting against Alabama. But the difference in feel pocket presence, anticipation, timing, and ball placement. They're just night and day 
between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Carter. I believe that if Quinn Ewers stays in that game against Alabama, one, it's going to be a way more high-scoring game. But two, I think that Quinn Ewers beats Alabama because he just does things that NFL quarterbacks do. And Hudson Card hasn't got that down yet, and I'm not sure if he ever will. And so I'm about to show this video, and what you're about to see in this video, this is from the Alabama game. This is before halftime where the Auburn kick got blocked or, or tipped, so we didn't get any points. But they had a chance to get seven, and that's what I'm about to show you. Xavier Worthy is in the end zone, and he's going to cut twice, and he's going to end up open at the end of the play. Hudson Card is going to wait until the second cut to throw it, and at that point it's too late. The defender recovers. It's a tough throw. Xavier Worthy can't get, you know, he can't catch the ball inbounds. Quinn Ewers would have thrown this ball after the first cut, and this would have been a touchdown. Texas ended up with zero points on this drive. I believe if Quinn Ewers is in the game, they end up with seven points on this drive. So for my YouTube watchers, I'm about to show this video. For my audio listeners, I'm sorry. You just have to use your best imagination. Here we go. Texas punch it in. Cards sprints out. Looks. Fires. Incomplete. So as you can see, you might have to go back and watch it. You may have to rewind a little bit. Xavier Worthy cuts twice. Quinn Ewers has the anticipation, the timing, and the velocity on his arm to throw that ball after the first cut. So when Xavier Worthy comes out of his second cut, the ball's right there. He catches it. Texas scores seven points. But as you saw in the video, Hudson Carr needs to see it a little longer. He thinks about it for a little longer. He waits until the second cut. He waits until Xavier Worthy is open. But by that time, it's already too late to throw the ball. And that's the difference between Texas getting seven points right there and then going for a field goal, which they ultimately missed in a game they lost by one point. So like I said, the anticipation, the ball placement, the timing, the pocket presence, the accuracy and the feel are just night and day between Quinn Ewers and Hudson Card. And I've seen that multiple times throughout the last two games. But I think the, the play in the video I just showed perfectly sums up the difference between quarterback one with the mullet and quarterback two and Hudson Card. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think, you know, a lot of that probably boils down to confidence uh, in your arm. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I could make those throws. I probably couldn't. But yeah, and uh, not being scared know. to throw an interception, <laughs> yeah. too. I think that's a, that's another one. Not being scared to make mistakes. Yeah, because I, I feel like Quinn, um, you know, he, he's going to come out there and he's going to say, okay, X fans cutting, this might get picked, but I'm going to trust my receiver to make a play. Most of the time, given our receiving talent, they're probably going to make a play or at least be there with an opportunity to. Um, and I think that Quinn just has a confidence where he's like, I'm going to throw it. Um, he going to catch it or he's not. It's going to get picked off. But you know what? Defense is going to make a play. I'm going to come out here and I'm going to score next time. And if you put it, if you put the ball where it's supposed to be, there's no chance for it to get picked. Like if you go back and watch it, Xavier Worthy has the, you know, the DB beat. If you put that ball on the sideline, the the defender can't pick it. The only difference is is whether you throw it later on time. You know what I'm saying? So, and Hudson Card threw it where the ball was supposed to go. He just threw it too late. And like I said, that's yeah. the difference between a Quinn Ewer, somebody who has NFL talent, somebody that gets you seven points in that spot. So. George, what is something else you've learned uh, throughout the, the first three weeks? Because I know we've talked about this off the record, and I know you agree with that. So you have to piggyback too much, but yeah. what's something else you've learned from, from the first three weeks? No, um, you and know, also, I, I, can... I just, I'm so sorry. I just, I just want to say really quick, too, all signs are pointing towards Quinn Ewers playing on Saturday. So go ahead, jump for joy, Longhorn Nation. All right, go ahead, George. 
Yeah, I'll uh, I'll believe it when I see it, man. Don't rush him back. Let's get him back healthy. But uh, let's let's hope he plays, man. Dude's a dude's a talent. No, I I continue to be impressed with Jeff Banks and the development of the special teams at Texas. Um, I mean, our starting punter right now was was a transfer from Texas Wesleyan. Um, you know, just the ability to be able to go out and find a guy who has honest. I think he's averaging like 47, 48 yards a punt or something. He's played really well. I'm not looking at the stats now, but I've, I've been really pleased with, you know, all of, I mean, Burt Auburn, I think other than the, than the, the block by Will Anderson, the miss at the end of the, uh, the half against Alabama, I don't think he's missing any field goals. Um, I think he missed one against ULM. Did he? Uh, before halftime? I Maybe. Think so. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, he, he, I, but he, he, made, he made his last three against Alabama. So he, he definitely yeah. has been good. Yeah. He, 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 I mean, he kicked what would have been the game winner if we had gotten a stop against Bama. Um, I, I just I continue to be impressed with uh, with with those units. Um, I mean, the first touchdown of the season comes on a block punt. Um, I think for the most part, they've been really solid on all coverage units. Um, you know, you're dealing with a true freshman kicker. He's going to have some some bumps. But for the most part, I mean, I, I think they're, they've been well coached. Uh, it, it's obvious that they know what they're doing um, and, they're, and they're attacking. Uh, you know, to be to be able to confidently say that you can score on special teams um, is a big deal, especially when you get into conference play. You're playing teams that, you know, you're playing an away game at night. You're going to need some of those bumps, um, you know, if, if things are, aren't going well. Um, and I, I, I've really just been impressed with the special teams unit as a whole. Yeah, that's a great point. Jeff Banks has definitely been in his bag. And if you look at it, that unit has been especially sound. And uh, another unit that, you know, has been sound, I wouldn't say a unit, but uh, this is another tweet I got. This is from Steven. Uh, Y'all know him, fanatic perspective. But he said the strength and conditioning department uh, led by Coach Beck deserves a ton of credit. Not only does the team look stronger and faster in all areas of the field, but the conditioning of their mental toughness through adversity later in games is much improved as well. I think this is now a strength for Texas heading into conference play. And George talked about, uh, you know, that mental toughness earlier, but he's right. I mean, when you look at somebody like Keandre Coburn, right, he's having his best year since 2020 because he's in the best shape of his life. When you look at Jordan Whittington, like all offseason we heard about, He's transformed his body. He's put himself in a position to stay healthy this year. I could be tripping. I haven't seen him limp once, hold hold his arm. I haven't seen him, you know, <laughs> like he's looked completely yeah. healthy to me after three games, right? He looks, you know, a lot more fit. We've talked about off the record, Justice Finkley. I mean, he was on campus for three months and looked like an alien, you know, <laughs> like after working with Coach Beck for three months. Like these players, they're in better shape. They're more conditioned to play a 60-minute football game as opposed to 30-minute football games like we saw last season. Um, and, you know, that's played a, a big dividend, right? This this team is more confident, but they're more conditioned. They're bigger, faster, stronger. And they're able to impose their will on teams for 60 minutes now, like I said, as opposed to 30 minutes last season or, or 45 minutes because there's no secret that – they went into the Baylor game with a lead in the fourth quarter. They went into the Oklahoma State game with a lead in the fourth quarter. They went into the Oklahoma game with a lead in the fourth quarter. And they lost all of those games because they couldn't play 60 minutes of football. Now you're seeing a team that can play 60 minutes of football. And I think that's why going into Big 12 conference play, they look like one of the favorites to end up in the Big 12 championship game in December. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, you, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head, man. Like uh, the these boys who have been on the team for a couple of years, like they obviously look like they're in better shape. Um, they, I, you can just tell looking at them. Uh, and then, you know, the freshmen who came in early, plus the guys who didn't, 
I mean, they all they they look like an SEC football team, which I think ultimately, uh, you know, the, the point of this year for the team should be obviously we're going to try to win the Big 12. Sark's been saying that's the goal the whole time. But we got to prep. To, to play a, a, a little bit of a tougher brand of football. Um, and, I mean, you can tell just looking at them that I, if they're not there yet, they're getting there. Um, you know, just watching that that product against Bama and, you know, just looking at them on the field. I completely agree. So, George is going to talk about uh, PK in his second year and this defense and how they just look a lot more sound and they're flying to the ball next. But first, a quick word from Bet Online and the Longhorn Real Estate Team. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. And if you're in the Austin area for all your real estate needs, please visit www.longhornrealestateteam.com because dwelling Austin and Hill Country mortgages have combined to make your Longhorn real estate team. In a changing, more complex market, you need to work with the top professionals in Austin. Our data and information-driven approach gives our clients a significant advantage. And decades of experience in all market conditions make us able to achieve the best results for our clients and our clients for years have outperformed the market, leveraging our proprietary research, information, and expertise, which is now more important than ever. For all your real estate needs in the Austin area, make sure you're visiting www.longhornrealestateteam.com. Hill Country Mortgages, LLC, NMLS 2324262. Jonathan Sarber, NMLS 993872, Equal Housing Opportunity. So when me and George were talking before this episode, we were prepping I had put on Twitter, I'm like, this team looks more sound, you know, defensively uh, and all of that. And George was like, man, you took my point. You know, I guess we both thought that that happened in the first three weeks. So I'm going to go ahead and give it back to George and, and let him talk about it. But what have you seen from this defense in the first three weeks compared to what you feel like you saw last year? Oh, I mean, it's night and day. It's not. I mean, honestly, it's it's really not even close. Um, I mean, obviously, the addition of someone like Gary Patterson, is going to help you in a game planning perspective, but he doesn't have a headset on on Saturdays. He's not PK. Like put some respect on his name, man. Like Thank last you. year, obviously the defense underperformed. Um, I think with a full, you know, complete off season, we have just, it's night and day, man. Like everybody on the defense that was on the team last year, new players, I, they all look better. Like I, there's not one single player that I can, that I can point to and say he looks worse or he looks the same. I think they all look better. Um, and I think that's just, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff really putting an importance on attention to detail. Um, and, and mostly, I, I remember talking to you before the season, man. It's like, look, you play hard and you lose, like, I'm not going to be upset. You play hard and you win, I'm going to be super happy. But play hard. Um, and I think that's really, I mean, week one, ULM, probably not the best test. Um, I think they were, you know, completely undermatched. But you look at Bama, I mean, that defense came to play. Uh, that's the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, he made a play at the end of the game that, that you know, but if we're being honest, we had the play drawn up to beat him. <laughs> I mean, we have a sack there on, on you know, that's that's probably Great play call. Great play yeah. call. Just got there. It just didn't work. Just didn't execute no. it, but it got there. Great play call. Yeah, no, it's it, it, great play call. They played hard that entire game. And then, you know, you look at UTSA, I know they're not Bama, but that's a very well coached team. I think they went what ten and three last year. Um, if I if I if I'm right, 
I mean, Frank Harris was like top five in total offense per game, like he, he, from any think, player. Like, yeah, I think before the game. the game, he was he was number one in, in the country. So like that, he's a good player. Uh, uh, Trailer is a great coach. You know, we know that from his time being at Texas. Um, you know, Texas football coaching legend. Like they've looked really good, man. And I I really point a lot of that to what you said earlier about strength and conditioning, and then you know, on top of that just a level of effort that I don't know if we've seen from them really in, you know, outside of a couple big games here and there, you know, OU, LSU, where they've, they've come out and played hard, like on a consistent basis. I don't know if we've seen the Texas Longhorn defense play with that level of effort really, I mean, in, in like a decade. So that's been probably my favorite development, you know, that we've seen over the last three weeks. It's just like, these guys are going to play hard. Uh, you, you might not win all your games, but you're going to get a product on the field that you can tell that these dudes are are well coached and, and trying their absolute hardest to win. You know, I, I completely agree. This is a defense thus far that's only given up 16 points a game. Uh, they gave up 10 points to ULM, 20 points to Bama, and then 20 points uh, to UTSA. So you can definitely see they understand the assignment now, uh, literally, no pun intended, right? Yeah. And they're flying to the ball. And uh, like George said, man, put some respect on, on PK's name. When anything goes right, we want to give Gary Patterson credit. When things go wrong, we want to blame it on PK, man. PK is the one with the headset on. He's the one dialing it up. But speaking of the coaching staff, I want to talk about Sark and his confidence. And I think that's the last thing I've learned over the last three weeks. And my biggest takeaway, or one of my biggest takeaways is Sark is walking around with a confidence this year that he was not walking around with last year. And I think the team takes on the personality of their head coach. This team has swagger because Sark has swagger. This team walked into that Alabama game feeling like they should win that game because Sark walked into that Alabama game feeling like they should win that game. The way he talks to the media, the way he talks to his team, he has a control over this program that I wouldn't say a Texas coach has had. I know it's early, but it feels like a while. There's an energy and a culture around this football team that's different. And Sark identified what went wrong last year, and he fixed it. He talked about responding to adversity. We've already seen that better. George talked about playing hard. We've already seen that improve. George talked about um, we talked about the strength and conditioning, not being up to par last year. We've already seen a big improvement in that, right? Not being able to, to finish games. We, we've seen that. And this team is more confident now because Sark is more confident. You hear the way he's talking to the media, kind of snapping at them, but he's not going to let outside distractions filter into this program. We saw the DeMarvian overshone stuff on Monday. We're just now finding out about that. That happened in December. Sark has a tight lid on this program that we haven't seen in a while, right? And he's turning this program. I know he's doing his own thing, but so much of what he's doing is resemblant of what Nick Saban has done at Alabama and what Kirby Smart is now doing at Georgia. And all Sark has to do to fulfill that is to keep putting the you know pieces in place personnel-wise and coaching staff-wise, bringing in Brennan Marion and Tashar Choice were Hall of Fame hires, you know? And then um, he's instilled so much confidence in this team, but he's walking around with a confidence himself and texas feels like they should go out and win every game and they've always had the talent to go out and win every game but now the energy and the culture matches that and the mindset matches that and that's why they play hard every rip and that's why this texas team i believe will be in the big 12 championship game in december longhorn nation is tech week and we got plenty of great coverage coming to get you ready for the first game of non i mean the conference schedule and a tough matchup at lubbock against the other little brother, not AM, Texas Tech. 
yeah. in Texas. Get your Look tortillas ready. Yeah, get your tortillas ready. Like I said, and, and Quinn, he going to go out there if he plays and show Texas Tech what they missed out on. Longhorn Nation, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, thank you to my brother, George Corky, for joining the show. Beat Tech. We'll talk more about that in the week. Hook them. And peace.